before I release the children, I, I want to talk to you guys for a couple minutes, especially you guys, warriors. This series that I'm starting on today is about reaching our community, reaching the people around us. And you have a great opportunity, and that's what I'm going to be talking to your parents about. And Pastor Christine's going to be talking with you, too, a little bit about it. It's not about just coming to church and being living the abundant life for us, but it's about reaching others around us that God has placed in our lives. And you have a great opportunity with the people, the kids that you go to school with and that live in your neighborhood. And you guys are the next generation. So I want you to be equipped, empowered, trained up, and then released. And you can start with these guys. Start practicing on them. (laughs) You have a great opportunity. And I'm so proud. You guys are doing a great job. You're awesome in the Lord. And I want to encourage you to continue on. Raise the bar. Set the standard. Okay. All right, thanks. You guys are dismissed. I love that we have so many kids. And, uh, you know, we're very intentional and deliberate. And training them up, the the teachers are doing an outstanding job, and and thank a teacher, all right, <laughs> thank them, and show your appreciation. I know Pastor Christine's doing a great job with the Warrior Youth, and um, you know, encourage our kids. They they are indeed the next generation coming up, and they're going to be sitting here one day, taking our place. So we want to make sure they're trained up correctly. Thank you again for joining us. Last week, I wrapped up the series Blueprints for Life. If you missed any of that, I encourage you to go online, lifefellowship.me, and and listen to those sermons. The final teaching last week was on living the abundant life based on John 10.10. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said, but I've come that you may have life in abundant, abundant life. And as we discover what the abundant life is, and we choose to follow God's blueprints for our life, we can then live the abundant life that Christ came to give us. And as we walk in the abundant life, we have the opportunity to share with others from our abundance a couple of things. One, from our abundance, we're blessed to be a blessing, not to hoard it, but to be a blessing. And so what I found is as we give, God continues to backfill Because we're reflecting his heart. It's always been God's heart to give. Because when you look at the character of God, he's a giving God. Let's start with physical life. But but Jesus came to give us abundant life. And, you know, when we talk about giving, a lot of people automatically think about finances and money. Uh, Listen, that's part of it. But there is so much more. Health, peace, joy, strength, the fruit of the Spirit. As we walk in the abundance, we can give to others. We can encourage one another. So we're blessed to be a blessing, and we can help others then develop their relationship with God, living the abundant life that Christ came to give them as well. It's not just for us. It's for all of humanity. And so Christ wants to pour into our life and have us live the abundant life, but also those out there that are not living the abundant life that don't know him. And so this leads 
directly into our next series, which is All the Nations, the Great Commission. And Anne Lorraine alluded to it earlier this morning. Let's go to um, a couple of passages of Scripture. We're going to be going to Matthew 28. We're going to look at 16 through 20, and then also 2 Timothy 2, 2. And while you're turning to those, I want to promote a couple of things. I want to promote the Bible reading schedule. Take some of these with you, please. <laughs> Read the Bible, okay? Uh, this started at the, at the beginning of the year, and we're already in March. Just jump in wherever, wherever we are, okay? So take these, encourage one another. Also, continue to come on Wednesday night to the Bible study, 6th grade through adults, 7 to 7.45. We're giving you the Word of God. We're helping you grow. It's good stuff. And then continue to come on Sunday mornings. So let's look at Matthew 28, 16 through 20. This is after Jesus has been crucified. He's raised on the third day, and he's appeared to many people. So let's start in verse 16. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Verse 17. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But some of them doubted. How is it that they doubted? Now here, these guys had walked side by side with God in human form for three years, and they still doubted. I think that maybe there was some struggling with what we see today where there may be religiosity. People are worshiping him, but they doubted. What did they doubt? I mean, there were, they had witnessed miracle after miracle after miracle. What were they doubting? What, did, what more did they need to believe? And still, some doubted. How is it that Christians can experience the goodness of God and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's with them and that he's worked in situations and, and worked in their life and yet turn away from God? How can that be? But yet, it seems like we struggle with the same things, that we doubt, that we don't believe God's word, that we don't believe him. Whatever those blockages or, or those um, hindrances may be. And I believe that it's, it's due to really a non-existent relationship. They really didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And I think that that's true of people sitting in churches today all across America. They may be worshiping him, but they really don't have a relationship with him. They're really doubting him. Or it could be a very shallow relationship that people have. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been used? Someone's, someone's your friend until they use you up. And when that happens, you realize, well, that wasn't much of a friendship. Or it was a very shallow friendship at best. And I think many Christians have shallow re relationships with Jesus too. Although talk about Jesus. But do they really have a relationship with him. There are people that turn to God only when they need a favor. <laughs> what we really need in our life is a savior. We don't need another favor. We need a savior. God, I'm in a jam. If you get me out of this jam, I'll serve you, God. If you allow me to marry that man, I'll serve you. I've heard that. I've heard women say, God, if you give me that man, I'll, I'll serve you. If you allow me to, to marry that woman, then I, I'm going to serve you, God. 
Listen, if you're not serving him before you marry that person, you're probably not going to serve him after. Here's one. Throwing up in a toilet. God, I'll never drink again. God has answered some of these prayers only to see individuals get what they ask for and walk away. And I know of stories where people were on their last leg. They were on their dying bed, about to die from cancer. And God completely heals them, completely heals them. And then they completely walk away from God. Jesus should not be a quick fix when we are in a jam. Jesus didn't come just to put a Band-Aid on our, our severed artery. He came to fix our broken lives and to bring health and healing and wholeness to us, to bring us into a relationship with him. You guys remember our mission statement? Can you quote it without looking at the screen? To develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Let's say it again. To develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. The mission of Life Fellowship is to have an authentic, real relationship with God. And that's what I'm going to challenge you with today. A relationship built on faith, a relationship built on trust, a relationship built on love. And my first point this morning is Jesus has all authority. Let's look at Matthew 28, 17 again. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Please don't doubt God and his word. Please don't. Believe God and his word. All right? goes on to say in Matthew 18, verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus has all authority in heaven. Jesus has all authority on earth. We need to get that, guys. We are ambassadors of Christ. Christ has given us authority to go and make disciples. I'm getting ahead of myself. Imagine that you are working on a high-priority project at work, and the president of the company or the owner of the company walks up and says, hey, I know, I, listen, I know you're working on something here, and you're in the middle of this project, and this is probably really important, but I want you to stop doing this, and I want you to do something different. A couple of things. One, they have the authority to ask you to do whatever they want or whatever's needed. And secondly, more than likely, they have a purpose for redirecting your work. The new task is probably a higher priority. So with this directive from the owner, you have the authority to do what's been asked of you. Now, if you grab one of your coworkers and say, uh, the boss told me to tell you to go down and wash my car. Now, you may be stepping over a line there, but he's given you boundaries. He's given you authority to do some things. And so we can walk in the confidence that of the directives that we've been given by the Lord if we're following those directives. And so Jesus was very clear. I mean, the, you know, we talked last series about the Bible is our blueprint. The blueprint is very clear. And if we will, that's why we're encouraging you to read the blueprint. Know what the blueprint says so you can follow it, so that you can implement the blueprints of God in your life. So Jesus has all authority. My first point uh, is Jesus has all authority. Second is lead others to Christ. So let's look at Matthew 28, 18 again. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Verse 19, therefore go and make disciples 
of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells his disciples what he wants them to focus on and do. Make disciples. He didn't say go build homes for the homeless or, or feed the hungry. He said go and make disciples because disciples will do those kinds of things. So he, Jesus is not just looking to give us a list of do's and don'ts that we can check off, but he's wanting to get a hold of our hearts, to change our hearts, to come into alignment with his heart, to reflect his heart and his desires. Have you known people that have lived by the law? I mean, you know, they, they go through a checklist, but their heart is all messed up. Do you know people sitting in churches that seem to be religious, but they don't have a relationship? They're missing it. And when you look at when Jesus was here, here was the Messiah, and the religious leaders were looking for the Messiah, but they missed him. They were so caught up in their positions and, and themselves that they missed the Messiah. And Jesus said, listen, it's all about loving God and loving one another. And they had hundreds of rules that they were implementing, making it just a, a, a bunch of religion. And Jesus was like, it's not about that. It's about a relationship. So Jesus says to go and make disciples. That's what he says to focus on. A disciple is a person committed to following their leader, to following the disciplines of that leader. So are you following Christ? Or are you truly following him? He is our leader. Jesus is not looking for fans. He's looking for committed followers of Christ. Fans can be fickle. Think about the Texans last year. Hey, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're going to take it all. What about at the end of the year? <laughs> I wonder what the decline in fan base was for the Texans last year. <laughs> Fans cheer when the team is winning and they boo when the team loses. Disciples and followers of, are committed for the long haul. Are you committed for the long haul? Jesus is saying, I'm giving you my directives based on my authority. Listen, Jesus has the authority in heaven and on, and on earth. And he's saying, go and make disciples. He has the authority. He is the boss. And he's telling us what he wants us to do. Therefore, in other words, go there and what? Make disciples of all the nations. Well, it, start, it can start with us becoming disciples. It can start with us reaching out to our family members. It can start with us reaching our neighborhoods and communities, and it should. But there's more, guys. And I've shared with you that what God has called us to do is, it, is to impact the nations, not only this community, not to minimize that at all. Listen, there is a great need. We live in a highly unchurched area, and there are a lot of people that need the Lord. But God has called us to reach the nations and I can envision that some of you sitting here will be going to different nations, helping train up and equip others and releasing others. But it starts with us getting trained and equipped and then being released. And so Jesus said, go make disciples of all the nations. Helping people begin in a relationship with God is their first step. Leading them to Christ is the first step. And then he says, baptize them as an outward expression of an inward change. Jesus is wanting committed followers of Christ, not casual or convenient followers. 
Now, do you know any of those people? I've shared this story with you many times where a turning point in my life was I was working uh, at a refinery and working in the lab, and I claimed to be a Christian, and this guy named Mark came up to me, and he said, you claim to be a Christian, but the words that come out of your mouth don't reflect it. Changed my life. Because I knew he was right. I wanted to hit him, but I knew he was right. And it changed my life. And so, do you know people like that? that claim to be Christian, but you don't see the fruit or the evidence in their life. When you look in the mirror... Let's get personal here. Let's bring it, bring it home. When you look in the mirror, do you see the fruit of the Spirit in your life? What's really there? Do you have an authentic relationship with him? Listen, nobody's perfect. Only Jesus, and your name is not Jesus, and you're not perfect, and neither am I. But God specializes in taking us, wounded, broken people, and doing amazing things to our lives. And, and he's just looking for people to say, here am I, Lord, send me. You know, I'm not perfect. Look in the Bible. We're reading in the Bible. Do you see anybody other than Jesus that was perfect? And God used some real rascals to impact lives. And God is still using rascals today. I'm not going to point any fingers. So Jesus is looking for committed followers, not casual or convenient followers. And just so we'll be very, very clear Let's go to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. We talk about this a lot. We're saved by grace. Let's, let's look at verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So there's nothing that we can do to earn it other than receive God's grace. God saved us by his grace when you believed, and you, and you cannot take credit for this. It's a gift from God. If I give you a gift, I'm giving you something. You know, you can't get a gift unless it's given to you. Otherwise, it's called stealing, <laughs> right? So uh, verse 9, it, salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast. Verse, 20, or verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God has great plans for you that he planned long ago. And salvation is not a reward. Do you know, I can remember talking to people that had been in church for decades. And I would say they're a Christian, but they still had this mindset that you had to perform. That you still had to be good. It's not about being good or bad. It's simply about receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. You cannot be good enough to get into heaven. There's only one way, Jesus the, the good news is you can't be bad enough to be disqualified because it's not based on our performance. It's based on his grace. And if we don't get that, we miss the whole point of this thing. God's grace. Jesus came down to die for us. It was his grace. And so there's, it's not grace plus anything. There are no works. Baptism is not a work. It's just a, an outward expression of saying, hey, I'm identifying with Christ. The thief on the cross, Jesus didn't tell him, get down and get baptized, and then we'll talk about it. So it's all about the heart. It's all about receiving what God has for us. For we are God's masterpiece. 
Stop and think about that. You see Jason back there raising his hand. You know what? He's got it. And if we could get that, not just right now. In fact, say, I'm God's masterpiece. That's a truth. That's a reality. But how do we feel on Monday morning in, in rush, rush hour traffic? Do we still feel like we're God's masterpiece? How do we feel when we've just gotten chewed out by the boss? How do we feel when circumstances and situations may not indicate that? But it's a truth that we need to, to really grasp and hold on to. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. Listen, through Christ, we are new. We're a new creation. All that old stuff is gone. And that's the liberating thing about receiving Christ. And I, I know many of you have experienced that when you gave your life to the Lord. It's like, wow, man, all that stuff that I've been carrying around is gone. I'm liberated. I'm free. Jesus came to set the captives free, to liberate us from sin, from ourselves, from whatever it may be. He created us new in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So my three points this morning, Jesus has all authority, all authority. Lead others to Christ. And then learn and teach others is my third point. Matthew 28, 20. Teach these new disciples what? To obey some of the things that I've taught you? No, he says, teach these disciples to obey all that I've taught you, all the commands that I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always till the end of the age. Teach, teach. In order to teach, you have to learn. You have to be equipped. You have to be trained up. As a disciple of Christ, you need to be discipled. You need to be following the disciplines of Christ. And then God takes that. God takes our lives and impacts the lost and dying world around us. Do you remember our core values? Now, this, uh, we haven't gone over our core values in a while. I see some of you kind of looking down. Love, prayer, obedience, humility, teachability, unity, and service. Teachability, being able to be taught. Are you, are you humble enough to be taught, or do you know it all? Come on. Are we teachable? And then are we able to take what we've learned what God has given to us, and teach others. A great example of that is the children's ministry back there. We have teachers working back there that said, well, I don't know if I can teach. I don't know if I know that much about the Bible. This is a great place to learn, teaching children Bible stories. And so we can, we can all learn. We're learning every day, hopefully. Does, everybody, does anybody here know it all? <laughs> does anybody think they know it all? Listen, so we need to be teachable. And three of our important core values are humility, teachability, being humble. Are you humble? Are you obedient? Just asking. Teach these new disciples. How can you teach others the biblical truths and principles if you don't know them? Let's go to 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. You've heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now What? teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. There's something that really gets me excited when I find a believer, a new believer, or maybe a mature believer that's wanting to learn, 
that's wanting to take the principles of God and pass them on to others. That excites me. Those are the people I want to pour into because they want to do something. They don't want to just sit and suck on a bottle and get fat. They want to eat some meat, and they want to do something. They want to go forth and make disciples. They want to grow. Listen, that should be all of us, that we want to grow, that we yield our life to him. Say, God, cleanse me. Make me pure and holy and work in my life. Give me a greater desire to serve you and to walk away from the things that detract and distract me. But let me be firmly committed to you. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. Do you know that there are people that are like sucker fish and you cannot give them enough? They will suck you dry. You need to be able to differentiate between those people because there are some people that they're in this cycle. And until they're willing to yield to God and really get whole, they will just continue to look for someone to suck the life out of. But look for those people that are trustworthy that are willing to yield, that are humble, that are teachable, that are obedient, and pour into those people. Pour into those people. Matthew 28, 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I'm with you always till the end of the age. And we know that Jesus left, and he said, I leave that the Holy Spirit may come and lead you and guide you into all truth. See, Jesus didn't leave us stranded, but we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, guiding us and leading us. And so as we pray and we say, God, how do you want me to handle this situation? What do you want me to do? So That's why I pray every Sunday that God will open our ears to hear his small, still voice. I was in Walmart a few weeks back, and I, I was on the phone in the parking lot, and, and I saw this couple getting out of the car, and, and she was getting out. I mean, I wasn't really watching them, but it just in the course of conversation, they were right in front of me where they parked, and I noticed a man came around and, and opened the door and helped her get out of the car. And So they went into Walmart. I was on the phone for a while, and then I went in, and I walked by the pharmacy, and I saw them there on one of the aisles, and as I walked by, the Holy Spirit said to me, pray for them. Pray for her is what he, what he told me. So I prayed. I prayed for her, you know, something like, God, I don't know what's going on there, but I pray that you will bring healing to her. I, I pray that you will touch her life. I pray for them, this couple, Lord God, if they don't know, know you, that they would come to know you. So I just began to pray. And I was walking down the aisle, and I got almost to the checkout stand, and I just felt like I, that wasn't enough. And I was like, well, God, do you want me to go back and, and pray with them? I mean, ask them for prayer or you know, and, and I wasn't really sure, and, and so I just knew that I needed to go back. And so I went back, and they were kind of on a, an aisle by themselves, and I said, I saw you get out of the car, and, and it looks like you're really hurting. And she said, yeah, that she'd had a cyst removed from her hip or her leg or something, and she was really in pain. And, and I said, well, can I pray with you? And she's like, well, dude, uh, I'm really in pain. I, I, I really need to go, and we need to get, and I'm like, okay, all right. So I just prayed, you know, I didn't pray with them, but I prayed for them again. And so I walked away from that kind of thinking, well, you know, what was that all about, God? But I don't know. I don't know what that was all about. I was just being obedient because I knew that, that I was supposed to go back. And was it awkward? Yeah, it was a little awkward for me. But I don't know what seeds were planted. They may have gotten in the car and said, you know, maybe we need to pray more. Or maybe we need to call 
somebody up that, that prays, or maybe we need to go to church. I don't know. Listen, it's not about me determining what, what I need to do necessarily as much as it is just obeying the Holy Spirit and saying, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? How do you want me to handle this? And I'm telling you that if we, when we connect to him and when we listen and obey, God will do amazing things. And, you know, if your boss comes to you and says, stop working on this project, I want you to do this, you may be thinking, well, this is stupid. What if he told you to take out the trash? It doesn't really matter. He's the boss. It doesn't really matter what the Holy Spirit is telling me that I have to come into agreement with it or filter that or say, well, God, you know, that, that, you don't need to do it this way. It's not up to me. It's up to him. And Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations. So are we obeying? Are you a true disciple of Christ? In other words, are you a committed follower of Christ? You may be sitting here today and saying, no, I'm not. You know, listen, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to ask you some questions because it's important. Are we committed to following Christ? Are you trained and equipped? Can you teach others? Are you teaching others? Let me tell you, you probably are teaching others. What are you teaching them? Because people are looking at your life. You're teaching others, guys. Are you teaching them the right things? Are you teaching them the things of God? Are you continuing to grow? Become a disciple of Christ and be trained and equipped and available to teach others. God's greatest desire is a relationship with you and everyone you see. Look around the room. Just take a minute and look around. God's greatest desire is that every one of us be in relationship with him. But it's not just us in this room. It's the people out there. Many of you will go to restaurants today when you leave here. Take a moment and look into the eyes of that server, that waiter or waitress, and realize that they are God's prized possession. They may not look like it. They may not be living like it. But God desires to be in relationship with them. Do we have the heart of God? Oh, well, they're too fat. They're too skinny. They have too many tats. They have too many piercings. You know what? God is looking at their heart. They're a created being that God loves, that Christ came to die on the cross for. Not only for us. Yes, he died for us, but for those people out there that don't know him. And it's the heart of God that we would step out of our comfort zone sometimes and share the love of Christ. I'm not saying you have to go beat somebody up with a 10-pound Bible. If they don't know the Word of God, if they don't know the Lord, it's not going to do you a lot of good to quote a bunch of Scripture. They don't know what that means. They don't care about that. What they care about is they're hurting and they're wounded and they want somebody just to just listen to their story maybe or just give them an encouraging word. Just give them a smile. Just maybe love them a little bit. Come on. God has called us to impact this community, but not only these communities, but the world. God has given 
us a great opportunity. God has given us authority. He said, listen, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach. Teach them. Come on, teach them. How do, how do children learn three ways? Example, example, example. So are you exampling it? Are you teaching others by the way that you live? Or are you saying, do what I say, not what I do? Come on. Teach these new disciples by living it, by living a life, and then by pouring into people's lives, by building relationships with people. I can't tell you how many, how many people I've had the opportunity to pour into just by building relationships with people. Just by loving people. God's greatest desire is to be in relationship with us and all of those around us. Jesus has all authority. Lead others to Christ. Learn and teach others. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. You may be here this morning and God is tugging on your heart. Maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you did it one time and you've walked away. If that's you, would you be bold enough to slip up your hand? I just want to pray with you. Listen, if God is speaking to your heart, it's okay. God loves you. He wants to pour into you. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would continue to pour into our lives. Father, that you would give us a desire for your heart that you would help us to stop on occasion and look at the people around us and just simply ask you, what is it that you want me to do? God, do you want me to pray for them? Can I reach out to them? What do you want me to do, God? Because I know that's your heart. And God, I know that you've called us to not only impact Kima and League City and Seabrook and Baycliff and San Leon and Texas City and and Alvin, and, and these surrounding areas. But God, you have called us to reach the nations, to impact the nations. And Lord, if we won't witness in our own city, why would you send us halfway across the world? So God, I pray that we would have a greater desire to share your love, that it would be less about us and more about you. And I pray that we would be more committed to praying for these communities and these people that are, all are, that are all around us in our neighborhoods, God, that we would be more deliberate about praying for those that you place in our lives, those we know, those we don't know, that we would be men and women, teenagers and children of prayer, that we would continue to pray because prayer changes things. One of the things it does is it brings us into alignment with you and your will and your purposes. And we just read, Lord, that you have great plans for us. You have great things for us to do. So, Lord, I pray that we would be determined to follow your blueprints for our life, that we would be determined to be disciples of Christ, that when others look at us, they would see you living in us that they would see the heart of God in us and we 
we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. I want to do something that, that I've never done before, I don't think. As I've been preparing for the sermon, I've said, you know what? I'm going to make, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going, to, I'm going to recommit myself to praying for this community and the people around us. And I'm going to be more intentional about sharing the love of Christ with others. Listen, how much time do you have? Do you know, does anybody know? What about the people that you're going to run into today and this week and this year and next decade? How, how much time do they have? We don't know. <laughs> but are you willing to step out? And so what I want you to do is if you want to join me in, in recommitting to really praying for this area and reaching out to people, I'd like for you to stand up and I'd like you to come up here. I'm going to pray for all of us. Thank you. You guys, come on up and spread out a little bit. God has placed us here in this community to make a difference. And it's our choice to do that or not. Lord God, I thank you for all these that are standing. And we come into agreement for these communities Father, we ask that you would break off the bonds and the chains that keep people bound up in Kima and League City and Seabrook and Baycliff, San Leon, Alvin, Texas City, all of these communities, Nassau Bay, God. Father, that you would break off the barriers and the chains that keep people bound up. Jesus, you said that you came to set the captives free that they would be set free, that the blind would see, that the lame would walk, that the deaf would hear. God, that you would infuse your love and your heart into us. And so, Father, we stand in agreement that you will take these communities and you will do amazing things, Lord God, that you will begin in us, that you will change our heart, that we would have a greater desire to serve you with everything that we have, God with our whole heart and that we will pray on a daily basis for these communities that you will set people free and that you will release them God and that they would come into relationship with you and maybe that they would even come to life fellowship and be trained and equipped empowered discipled and released to then go out and make more disciples Father, that we would not be judgmental about what we see on the exterior. Oh, they have too many. Are there two? Are there not enough? Whatever. But God, we would begin to look at the heart of that person and see that they're of great value because of what you've done for them. And Lord God, give us a fresh vision of what you want to do in our lives, God. And help us to commit to praying daily for our communities and the people that you place in our lives. Father, we make a fresh commitment in this area today. And we're making a public declaration that we are determining that we're going to be more prayerful and we're going to, going to be more intent on making disciples because that's what you told us to do. That's the authority that you've given to us. And so we take that authority 
And we step out in boldness and confidence, not cockiness or arrogance, but we take that authority and we watch you work through our lives in a powerful way. And Father, I thank you for breaking the chains off these communities that have been bound up. Thank you, Lord. And thank you for allowing us to be a part of this wonderful vision and plan that you have, not only for us, but what Jesus came to do is to restore humanity back into relationship with you. In Jesus' name, we pray. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Now listen, guys, don't let this just be a a prayer for this morning and and we walk away and, and we're the same as we were last Monday, driving down 45. Let's really be deliberate in reaching the communities around us. Continue to come on Wednesday night Bible study. Continue to read your Bible. Continue to come on Sunday mornings and continue to make a difference in the world around you. Will you do that? All right. Thank you for joining us. You're dismissed. Go out and live it. The prayer team will be up here. If you want prayer, come up and pray.